cold open today. Hello, it's Dr. Patricia Goodwin. It's a confusing time for everyone right now. We're all having to deal with enormous changes to our lifestyles and how we do our jobs in order to respond appropriately to the COVID-19 pandemic. This pandemic has had massive impacts on our health system, and we stand in solidarity with our sisters and brothers on the front lines in ERs and ICUs around the world who are sacrificing their health and safety to save the lives of critically ill patients. This situation has also had huge repercussions for the rest of the medical system. Today, we're taking a break from board review with a special episode discussing the impacts of COVID-19 on how each of us practice PM&R right now and the challenges we're facing to continue to provide high quality care for our patients during these strange times. This is episode one of our quarantine series or sparkling isolation series, depending on what you're drinking at the moment. I'm Dr. Patricia Goodwin, working in South Florida. Hi, my name is Dr. Marjorie Mamsan. I'm a sports fellow at Nova Southeastern University. Hi, my name is Dr. Sheila DeVerry, and I am currently working in the Palm Beach County area. And we are the PMNR Lake Docs. Due to social distancing and shelter-in-place orders, we are all doing our part by recording locked up in each of our closets slash living rooms at home. So sorry for any suboptimal audio but it's a sacrifice we'll gladly make to flatten the curve. Physiatrists can work in a variety of different arenas, from outpatient to inpatient rehab. A PMNR doc that I know works in several skilled nursing facilities, two of which have actually gone to telehealth. She commented on how this has increased the workload of the nursing staff, who are actually going room to room with a laptop for each physician rounding. Luckily, those facilities also gave her access to the EMR, so she's actually able to view updated medication lists, vital signs, therapy notes, and nursing notes, all from home. She also said that one of the facilities requires all physicians to bring their own personal protective equipment, such as isolation gowns, masks, and gloves, in order to even enter. Some physicians are even trading personal protective equipment with healthcare workers in other states. Dr. Javeri, what are your thoughts on this? Is this something that worries you? Well, yeah, I think that it's a little bit insane. I never thought that in our medical careers we would see something like this to this extent. And I mean, while I do have a lot of feelings on it, I just feel like you never know. You never know who's positive, who's not, because of the people who are asymptomatic, who are still going out and kind of, not doing their part to flatten the curve. And I see, unfortunately, a lot of people out in these areas with masks on and gloves on and all of their PPE that they've apparently stocked up, but don't seem to be healthcare workers or coming from work or any of that stuff. So it's been a little bit frustrating with that regard, um, as well as hearing about people going to their nail appointments and their hair appointments. I thought those places are supposed to be closed and kind of eavesdropping on conversations in the workplace or, you know, it's just a little bit upsetting for me just as, as a human being at being a part of this. Yes, I agree. Um, it's, I think that we all need to do better, not we all, but a lot of us are doing a lot of what we should be doing and doing our part and staying at home and only doing things that are necessary, getting groceries, getting takeout to support local businesses, um, but not going out and being in groups with other people. Um, I live in Miami in downtown area uh, where there's a lot of partiers. And last week I saw 
when I went to out to go get takeout for pizza, I saw multiple people um, with bachelorette parties, <laughs> and surely they were tourists. But still, it's come on, you can't. It's this is just not the time. <laughs> I think it was very hard um, for spring breakers to cancel things. I think a lot of people are not taking it as seriously as they should, and now we're facing the consequences because. Um, Dr. Shiel Javeri always reminds me how, how what the numbers are in this country, but it's crazy that we are, it's looking like we're surpassing a lot of the old countries, and it's not like we're the first country this is happening to. We should have learned from what happened in China, what happened in Italy, and it's it's just, it's disappointing. <laughs> Dr. Mamsung, has this affected your work? For me, um, I'm doing a sports fellowship at a college, at a university, and so all the universities in the Florida area are closed now, and they've closed all non-essential clinics, including sports medicine. So for me, with that, and all my outside rotations have asked me not to come to decrease the amount of people um, in one room, which all makes sense because um, there's a lot of old folks that come to those rotations. Um, but for me, that means that um, I, for the next month or whoever, however long this will last, I'll have no experience with dealing with patients and trying to form a diagnosis and decision-making process of what to do for plans and for procedures. And um, see, this is like my last few months of, ro of fellowship. It's really important for me to have experience because um, in July, I'm going to have to do all these things up all on my own and so I was really like looking forward to these last few months honing in all my skills um, so that's that's the con that I'm dealing with thankfully um, we're still doing a lot of um, virtual didactic so we're still learning and I have the best attendings and since our ultrasound machine was just gonna sit there and do nothing they let me take it home that way I can practice on myself um, and my roommate who is also um, quarantining so I'll still be doing that those are the issues that I'm having right now. So I've noticed that a lot of facilities are switching to telehealth these days. Yeah, and it kind of helps keep us safer, helps keep the patients safer, and reduces their risks of additional exposures. But I've noticed that it's also putting an elevated level of stress on our already stressed and potentially overworked nursing staff. Um, and I'd like to give a shout out. Thank you, nurses. Thank you, nurses. Um, but it is, it is just an added stress for them. And, you know, part of me feels like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they ever expected this. I didn't. I think on a pro, uh, this kind of gives a kickstart to telehealth in general, because telehealth is kind of new. Like, uh, assuming COVID-19 didn't happen, um, telehealth was like an up and coming thing. And I have one of our physical therapists, he's doing, he's trying to do telehealth. And I feel like one of this will help, or this will actually help him um, in the future, because I'll see how it's helping now for people who can't um, go in and do face-to-face -face later on even. So it's a good like preview, I think, for an option later on. Well, and I think it's important, too, that Medicare has kind of stepped up as well and has done their part in enabling us to do telehealth. Um, because previously, I know that it was an issue, not the act of doing the telehealth, but getting reimbursed for the act of completing telehealth visits um, had been an issue previously, from my understanding. And that's why a lot of physicians had unfortunately steered away from it. Work-wise, I started doing telehealth which was a totally new experience for me. As physiatrists, we always work together with nursing and therapy teams, but now teamwork is more important than ever before. 
What types of personal protective equipment have you guys seen people using? Some of my coworkers have told me and colleagues and friends in the specialty and other specialties have told me that it was recommended to them to maybe use maxi pads or the, um, the shoe covers or bandanas or even it got to the extent where someone was told to maybe use a brassiere as um, their PPE, which I think maybe is a little bit extreme, but I mean, I know that we're in, in dire straits right now and something is better than nothing, but I find it hard to believe that a brassiere is the best that we can do at this point in time. And thankfully some of my friends and family members and friends of family members. And I know even people, the residents, family members that I know have been offering their sewing skills to sew masks with pockets um, so that you can put a filter in there that it's kind of washable. It has a little bit more utility. It's not an N95 mask, but it's not a bra either. Do you know what kind of filters people are using? There are filters, some of the masks. Um, I know that in Asia and India, they do in some cities wear masks and they are cloth and they sell filters that go in their pockets in those masks, actually. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure, I'm not 100% sure, but what I had read before was that those filters needed to be replaced once a week and that they would be able to filter for kind of seven days uh, before they needed to be replaced. But unfortunately, the last time I checked on Amazon, those filters are a little bit hard to come by as well. So we're, you know, I was told by one of my friends who's sewing masks, some of them for me, that she had to modify the mask design because elastic is now getting sold out places. So it's just a lot of supplies and stuff that seem to be just going away. And it's stuff that you wouldn't have ordinarily thought would be that important or that necessary now that's just like, it's like gold. You know, I remember the days that I would put an N95 mask on and dispose of it after one use. I that those are the good old days. Looking looking back now, I mean, I feel like I missed I missed those days. When this is all said and done, we're going to have some crazy back in my day stories to share with our grandchildren. Does anyone have any other thoughts that they would like to share? Well, I think that I think that it's really important to understand too that everyone plays a role in this. I mean. It's not just you or I or the healthcare profession in general that's, that's responsible or that the, the majority of the burden needs to fall on. It's everyone, you know, neighborhoods of people, apartment communities and the like um, all kind of play a role. I know that the community that I live in has gone out of their way to kind of send emails and tell us how they're sanitizing, how they're, what precautions they're taking to promote social distancing. In fact, today I just got an email saying that our hot tub is now closed because there, you can't really put more than two people in it without preserving the six foot distance. So they've decided that in order to promote better social distancing, instead of leaving the temptation open for multiple people, they're just closing the entire hot tub. Bottom line is everyone in healthcare can help in one way or another right now, whether they are quarantining to protect the masses, doing telehealth, or working on the front lines. It's important that all types of patients receive the care that they need. And remember to do your part to flatten the curve by adhering to self-quarantine guidelines and following all social distancing and shelter-in-place guidelines from your local government officials. Most importantly, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands.
So I also wanted to mention something that I think is important. Um, during this time, a lot of small businesses are suffering. And I know that even like wineries, breweries, restaurants, like those types of places, or like the little small boutique places that sell the cute little soaps that you've always wanted to buy. A lot of them are doing um, free shipping to your house or drive-by pickups that you can kind of participate in to still support your local small businesses to make sure that that cute little boutique that you used to love to go to just to window shop doesn't go out of business by the time this thing has resolved um, to the point where we're able to go into the stores and be close to each other and shopping and stuff again. Um, I think it would be really sad to for, for that kind of stuff to happen. So if you are able to, do support your small businesses. Good point. I do also want to add, uh, because that is a really good point, because some places are temporarily closed, but some of them will never reopen because they're not going to recover from this, and that's very sad. Um, I do also want to add that if you could pick up um, or um, get delivery or order directly from the place rather than doing like a third-party delivery service, that would be better because sometimes the third, actually all the time, the third-party delivery service takes 30% of this private local business. So it's just a little bit better if you can order directly from them. I have a lot of like favorite bakeries that I like, so. Well, even the farmer's market is doing, you know, delivery and pickups and stuff. Um, and, and these are these are businesses that feed us, that have fed us for years. And I think that kind of right now, again, if we're able to, it's kind of important to give back where we can. I think more people are donating money to support local charities and businesses, which is good. What has everyone been doing for fun lately? I've been trying to stay active, and uh, Dr. Goodwin has given us this great idea of this push-up challenge, which has been good for um, breaks throughout the day, for me at least, because I feel really fatigued at the end of the day because I don't realize how much sitting and not walking around that I'm doing. I think it's important still to kind of preserve my routine. Um, I am still working currently, so that has been helpful, but the gym is closed and Dr. Mamsang and I do um, fartlek runs once a week, so we've continued on doing those and actually gotten the other PM&R lady docs involved as well. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of good to do stuff like that to kind of preserve your routine, at least for, for the time being. And I also try to stay active as much as possible and get out of the house while maintaining my six feet from other people. I've been sleeping in a little later than usual. I have to say that I have one of the best gyms. After they closed a few weeks ago, they started doing bodyweight workout sessions on Zoom. All the members can log in at the same time in the morning and reconnect with each other while still getting a great workout. I think it also helps to maintain that sense of community that we had before. I've also been going on short jogs in the afternoon. I, I think there, there's there got to be some pros that can come out of this. Like, at least with exercising, I feel like people who are normally sedentary, who don't exercise, now that they are cooped up inside, now they, like go out with their family for a walk for a change so i think there are some good things that will come out of this and i think that after all of this is over they'll continue to do those things and maybe exercise a little bit more people are bonding more with their family i think in general people have more time to reflect on the important things in life yes yeah 100 percent. well and how quickly how quickly things can change i mean 
New Year's Eve was not like this. New Year's Day was not like this. You know, most of January was was nothing yeah. like this. And this is something that, I mean, we were not directly experiencing at that time. So I think that everything is changing. This is something that is hopefully a once-in-a-lifetime experience for us. And it definitely makes you think about things with a new perspective. Life is short and precious and we should spend our time here doing the things that we love with the people that we love. Yes, agreed. These views are our own and not those of our employer. PM&R Lady Docs makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. While the information contained within the podcast is believed to be correct at the time of the recording, no guarantee is given that the information provided in this podcast is correct, complete, or up to date. The materials contained on this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute medical or other professional advice on any subject matter. All information, content, and material of this podcast is for informational purposes only and are not intended to serve as a substitute for consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider. If you're having a medical emergency, stop this podcast and call 911.